Are you listening? Damn. Welcome into the rantings of a fantasy football fanatic. I'm your host, Jesse Muller, aka J Muller05, and we are hopping on to our second Dynasty podcast, aka show. And on this episode, we are going to talk about everyone's favorite position. Tight ends. Because it is a disaster outside of a, fa- a few of them, right? So we kind of want to tackle just tight ends in general in Dynasty. What your preferred strategy is when it comes to the position. Do you go early tight end, get the elite tight end? Do you go late, fade the position completely, take a bunch of dart throws? Or do you kind of converge in the middle with that secondary tier of tight ends who give you decent production, decent value, but they don't really give you difference-making production? So we're just kind of going to tackle that as a whole. Um, so let's start out by people who draft an early tight end. And by an early tight end, I mean your traditional non-tight end premiums or start two tight end leagues in Dynasty. The first couple rounds, someone like Andrews, Travis Kelsey, or Kyle Pitts. Those are basically the big three. So you have one who holds significant value, Kyle Pitts. Two who give you significant production and an extreme production, Travis Kelsey, who is very much value, production over value. And then we have Mark Andrews, who is kind of the middle of each. He's he's incredible. He's putting up ridiculous stats. Uh, he's dealt with injury the past few weeks, but he's a stud. So if he's not your tight end one, he should be your tight end two at least. Um, some people have Kyle Pitts, tight end one. Guilty. Um, some people even have Travis Kelsey there. I don't know why you'd have Kelsey just because of the age thing and value, but they should be top three. It's, it's really just, those are the, the tier of themselves. So say you take one of those three, right? Are you comfortable just rolling that guy out there and in Travis Kelsey's situation, just letting the production just die on your roster? It's not a bad strategy, right? He does. He does. Because he's literally just blowing away the field this year. He's averaging almost 21 points per game. That's out of control. Second is Mark Andrews. He is at 15. And then it's just junk. It's like you have a bunch of guys, the tight end three through tight end seven on the season. It's 12.6 to 9.6. So realistically, there's not much of a gap between them. So you got your, you know, your Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, David Njoku, woo-woo, breakout, finally got it. Um, George Kittle, Fryermuth, Greg Dulcich, right? So you have the extreme value case, Greg Dulcich, because he's a rookie doing his stuff, which is incredible to see. Or you have the Zach Ertz, who he just completely tanked, but he was giving you good production as a tight end five. So it's literally those guys. Now you'll notice the guy who I mentioned as tight end one earlier, Kyle Pitts is not in there, which leads to this interesting proposition with him, right? Because... The value is there, and it's actually dropped significantly this year, which is interesting, right? Because his peripherals are freaking fantastic. So Kyle Powell Pitts is basically, he's just stuck in a horrible situation with back quarterback play. And you're like, yeah, it's is it his fault? No, no, it's not. Because tight end, like wide receiver, is very much dependent on their quarterback. So listen to this. 27% target share, 33% target rate, an dot of 13.7 yards, He's number one in air yards with 740 on the year. And he's also, the the flip side of that is the situation is so bad. He's 31st in 
the team is pass attempts. Like that's that's atrocious. They pass twenty three times a game. You're like, well, that sucks. They don't pass much. Well, guess what? His catchable target rate fifty seven percent, which is thirty fourth among tight ends. Um, all those stats are on player player profile. You can go check them out yourself, verify them. But it's just like it's a very weird situation because you have Kyle Pitts doing everything he can. So it's really hard to blame him when he's the king that was promised, right? He was the second coming of the truly elite players. And that's that's what he's doing. Even like case in point, look at his yards per route one. It's 1.96, which is fantastic. Anytime someone hits two, that's like considered very good production. Kyle Pitts is there. It's just, it's been so bad. Like you wouldn't even imagine that he could hit that, right? But he's literally, like he's a buy of all buys in any type of format because you're going to get that next Travis Kelsey for the next decade. All you need is the quarterback situation to improve. I know you're thinking like, well, they're tied to Mariota. Well, not for long. Mariota's not going to be the guy long-term. And it's like, and they have Ritter. This isn't even like a buy for this year because this year the, the points likely aren't going to change. It's okay. But this is down the road. And this is Dynasty. This is why we play Dynasty. As you invest in these guys now, wait till the situation improves, and then their value explodes. Because next year, if, say, Kyle Pitts, his points per game jumps up to 15, and all of a sudden he's a difference maker, his value is sky high. He's, he's basically an untouchable asset where you cannot get him. People will trade him to you. This is the whole thing like Jamar Chase, because he's injured, he's finally attainable. The difference is Kyle Pitts just isn't producing. But there's one of two reasons the player is going to become attainable that was not that was previously not attainable. It's either lack of production or it's an injury. And you're getting the lack of production with Kyle Pitts, and people have become frustrated because they've moved him out of the tight end one slot. And I get it. It's understandable, especially if you're on a contender, right? Because you, you want to win. And get that production. But if he's not giving it to you, it makes it real difficult. Especially if you spent significant capital. Say if you took him in the second round of the startup this year, right? He's killing your team. Literally, like, that is brutal to go through. So it just, it makes it so difficult. But if you're able to get Kyle Pitts, go get him now. And just wait for that production to come. Because it's going to follow. It will follow at some point. And then you will have that difference-making asset for what feels like an eternity, right? Um, but you, this is also basically just the early tight end, right? You could have guys who you think are going to produce, AKA Coppets or someone else, or it could be, you know, George Kittle, Darren Waller, who Darren Waller, <sighs> it's a rough one, but they're not giving you that production either way. Right? So the difference with those two guys is they're older. So it, it's, it's harder to just hold on to them because Waller's 30. Kittle's getting there too. It's not it's not like Kelsey where you're he's old and you don't care because you're getting the production. Those two are getting older and they're not giving you the production. So it makes it difficult. So those two, it's a different case, but it can go wrong like any position. If you go early tight end and you you think you're getting a difference making asset and you're not, then it's trouble. But this is dynasty, realistically, you shouldn't just have just one tight end that you can depend upon. Even if it's Kelsey, you should still have some somebody like, you know, that could actually give you production. Because if they're not, it's killing you. So, like, this could have been Ertz, and he's hurt. But you could have someone like, you know, Nijoku or, you know, Higby, Everett, one of those cheap guys that's going to give you production, and they don't cost much. Realistically, like, you should always have a backup plan. You shouldn't be have Kelsey and then just nothing where you cannot replace them. And this is even for, like, a Bible stuff. Because you don't want to lose any type of production that you get from them, right? 
So it's 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 just kind of fun to like look at in general. But if we if we shift to the next quote unquote strategy, which is bully tight ends. You gonna eat your cornbread. Um outside of tight end premium and start your tight end, it's it's useless. Don't do it. It's a waste. Because what you're doing is you are basically putting a tight end and the flex where you can flex a running back wide receiver and they absolutely kill you in that format. Like let's let's focus on this, right? Dallas Goddard is a tight end three with 12.6 points per game. If he played wide receiver, he'd be the wide receiver 32 in points per game. Do you see how there goes that advantage you're getting with Goddard? It just completely disappears. And you're getting completely replaceable production. So it doesn't help you to go bully tight end. Now, obviously, in start two tight ends, yes, you want those elite tight ends, and they're worth an insane amount. In tight end premium leagues with the scoring, different story. You can happily roll out bully tight I've I've done this strategy. If you have like um Two points per like per reception in tight end premium leagues. Those guys are monsters. <laughs> and the scoring advantage, especially if you have a league guy like Kelsey, it's it's out of control. So it comes down to ignoring your format. But if it's a traditional just start one tight end with no premium scoring, it's not it's not worth it. The bully tight end, it actually hurts you more than it helps you. Because you're not you're not getting any advantage, right? And if you are playing guys in the flex, you want them to be able to give you points and more points over production so bully tight end is very much a specific format strategy outside of that format so like if you were in the scott fishbowl yeah absolutely go with bully tight end it worked and if you hit on a few of those guys like you hit on najoku late or something like that or you got friar Muth and those guys in and you had Ertz, you got hurt but you know what i'm saying if you had multiple guys that were producing a good level then yeah absolutely it makes sense because the scoring incentivizes it but in a traditional start one tight end no premium which a lot of leagues are or even in 1.5 scoring tight end premium, it's the like the boost is not that significant. It'll it'll help boost the elite guys or like the higher end scorers, but the lower guys, it doesn't really do much for them. So tight end premium leagues, it's very much I would much rather focus on the elite guys. I know there's only a few of them, but at least guys who are giving you decent production to begin with. I wouldn't go chasing like Tyler Conklin, right? Because he's not giving you anything special. So you, you know, it's like the Evan Ingrams of the world, you know, Kyle Pitts this year. But Dawson Knox, those guys where it's not doing anything, doesn't make sense to do that. Um, the next strategy, which has been an incredibly popular strategy in redrafts more than it is Dynasty. But, you know, Dynasty, you can trade a lot. It's fading tight end. It's basically just fade the position, fade the position. So you get towards the end, you're like, all right, I'm going to take dart throws on these guys. Now, this used to be my preferred strategy growing up, where you punted it to the point, it's like, all right. Now there's guys in here, and you would always see these dudes like Gerald Everett, this year Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Albert O, Hunter Henry, Cole Komet, Irv Smith. Those are a few names were kind of the popular like quote-unquote sleepers. Now you'll notice those guys are all over the place. David Njoku's a hit. Cole Komet kind of coming along late, but he was a disaster early on. Irv Smith, out for the year. Gerald Everett, hit. There's also Hunter Henry. Yeah, just rough. Albert O. Oh boy, another big miss. And even Evan Ingram, just nothing. So you see how this strategy very much, and I, I, you could accentuate this to more players, but I just picked those because those are the more popular names people chose. You see it's all over the place. You could hit or you could miss. But what you want to do with this strategy is you really just want to target a bunch of guys late. Because if you don't have a startable tight end, you need a bunch of shots. You just got to take the shots, take the shots, take the shots. 
And say you complete your startup and you don't really have any tight ends, then you could always trade for them on the cheap. Like even David Njoku, you could get him for dirt cheap early in the season after like week two. You're like, all right, I'll give you a second. So we'll get the jam. You know, you could have gone after Gerald Everett. Probably could have gotten him for a third earlier in the year. Now it'll probably cost you a second. But realistic. Same thing with Cole Komet. Nobody's asked for a first for those guys. If they are, they're Looney Tunes. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. I like you. <laughs> but you go out and get those guys, right? It's just you don't want to just be like, I got to get Alberto. He's my one dude. I don't care about the rest. What happens if that guy misses? Then you're cooked, right? And then you have to go in and spend draft capital you didn't need to. But if you're doing it and you're starting to get around like 15, you're like, let's take a dart throw here, around 18, another here, you know, 20. You just keep kind of nailing. And there's always guys that can pop up. Like there's Dalton Schultz last year. David Njoku this year, there's guys where you see the breakout, and it's usually circumstance, talent. Obviously, people didn't think it was Dalton Schultz last year, but he came through, he won the job, and he's been a very good tight end ever since. He's been injured, and now he's finally coming back, and he should give you good production. So if you're looking for someone the market really doesn't value, it's Dalton Schultz because he's still not under contract long term, and it's very possible that the Cowboys just let him walk. And it's very weird because the situation is tied to the Cowboys where people think that the position in general there is going to succeed the way they feature it. So it leads to this weird market for Schultz where you're not going to be able to get a first firm and unless it's like heavy tight improvement. Plans. But realistically, it's like a random second. Maybe if somebody devalues them and they're tanking, a third could do it. So you just go out and you go get that guy, plug him in late season, you get the points and you win. So those are kind of the ways to go about it. Um, Realistically, the tight end is the most, quote-unquote, extreme example of the haves and the have-nots. You have the big three. You know, you have your Travis Kelsey, your Mark Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. Outside of those big three, it's just, it's pretty much a wasteland. Now, I know there's guys we like in that secondary tier. But the reason those three are so, so valued is two reasons. Value is insane. It's Kyle Pitts. Or it's production travis kelsey just through the, the roof or you have the middle ground of value and production that's mark andrews right so he gives you both the best worlds so if you have one of those three guys you have an advantage maybe not in points but you do have it in value and if you wanted to trade kyle pitts like going into this offseason if you wanted to just get a haul for kyle pitts you could have done that now i didn't because He's very much like a unicorn in a sense. Like there are not guys like him that plays out in position. It's very much a difference maker. And it may not be till next year, till the production or the year before, or sorry, the year after where it's like 2024. But at this point, I wouldn't really want to sell him because his value tanks so much. I would just hold on to him because I know the talent is there. And sure, if you get, you know, if you're able to move him for an elite wide receiver or package him into a quarterback in Dynasty, like, Superflex leagues, totally get it. Go for that because the value is there. But like outside of that, you just really have your choice. Um, I'll go over my top 12, like what my top 12 dynasty tier, tiers are. I just actually recently updated it and I've gone back and forth on a few of these guys who I'm actually thinking about flipping them. But I'll go down my list. So my tier one, it's Mark Andrews, it's Kyle Pitts. Those are the two guys. I, I finally moved Mark Andrews into my one because like he's not old. 
He's going to produce. He's putting up elite metrics. Like he's pushing thirty percent, thirty percent target share, just ridiculous stuff. But it's one one A one B, and it's Kyle Pitts. I don't really care. Um, if you're if I'm competing and someone goes, hey, I'll give you Mark Andrews for Kyle Pitts, I'll be like, cool, I'll take it. If I'm rebuilding, I will take Mark Andrews and try to flip him for Kyle Pitts, right? Because I, you know, I'm not really don't want points if I'm trying to tank stuff like that rebuilding, right? So those are my tier one guys. I feel like that's pretty much everyone's. Some people have Kelsey in there. I don't. He's almost, he's right below it. He's on the cusp. He's, I can't really spend premium capital on him just because of his age because he's pushing 33. It's like at some point that cliff's coming and it might not be, might not be next year. It might be. It's just, if you take Travis Kelsey early, you're basically committing yourself to a win now build. So in a startup, I don't want to just have to take Travis Kelsey, right? Now, two years ago, he was falling to the fourth round. And if he's falling to the fourth round, it's never sorry. He probably didn't fall more this year. Like, he might go fourth, fifth round, right? If he's fifth round, it's like, dude, screw it. I'll take Travis Kelsey because the value is so ridiculous. But if we're talking first or second round, no, I don't want to spend that on Travis Kelsey. I would spend that on Mark Andrews a couple of just because I know what I'm getting. It's okay. Um, tier two, it starts with Travis Kelsey. You have George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Pat Fryermuth. So you have three through six right there for me. And the cutoff is Fryermuth is really, it's it's basically an age and production thing with Fryermuth. I've seen enough where he's going to be very good for a very long time. You could, you know, you could throw other guys in there, but we'll get to those guys next. But I'm still not giving up in Kittle on Kittle. And I love what I've seen from Goddard. You notice Waller's not in there, right? Waller's basically just like I don't know what's going on with Waller. So where I'm at right now, I don't want to pay a premium for him. So he's dropped well below those guys. So we'll go into tier three. Tier three is David Njoku, as much as I do not like this guy, with TJ Hawkinson. I've never been a Hawkinson fan, but his situation looks pretty good. He's actually tied to a good quarterback, which is, you know, a good thing. Weird. But we've seen, like, he's been productive with Minnesota. So I'm not I'm not too worried as I was before, where he wasn't giving you any difference making production. He's still really young. Like, that's that's the thing with TJ Hawkinson. People don't realize he's a baby. So it's like, you know, why not? I don't really care. I'm not worried about it. Like, when you're that young, I don't care. If you go to his age, he's 25. Like, most guys, if any value, the only, the only couple guys younger are Kyle Pitts. It's like Pat Fryermuth and really cool Clement. And there's obviously, like, the rookies. Like, McBride Dulcich will get there. But, yeah, he's young enough where I'm not too worried about it. Like, he's never going to be a high-end producer, but he's going to be a very – a steady producer who will give you points and you'll be happy about it. Tier four is Greg Dulcich, Dalton Schultz, Trey McBride. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, Darren Waller's not your top 12? Yeah. You'll see I screwed this one up here. I meant to say top 11, not top 12. Yeah, Darren Waller is my 12th tight end. So sorry for the mix-up, but sometimes you get a little dyslexic and that happens. So Darren Waller is number 12, my top 12 tight end. Yeah, he's not, dude. Like, I'm I'm just kind of done with Darren Waller, unfortunately. Which, so if if Kittle and Waller were flipped, it'd be the same situation, right? Um, at least Kittle's still producing. Waller's just nowhere to be found. And it sucks because it's like, what are you going to do? And I know people are like, man, that's really low. I don't think it is. He's 30 years old. Like, so if you're 30 and you're not giving me production, like, then you're just kind of killing me. And Kittle's a year younger. He's 29. He's creeping the same age. Well, you kind of keep them the same. 
But at least he's on the field and he's playing. And he's still showing that, yeah, he's still elite. Waller's been just so disappointed these last few years. Like, I just can't do it with him. It's not it's not a Kyle Pitts thing where it's, you know, he's young, whatever. No. But you have Dulcich, who's a rookie and who's been freaking fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to value the youth. You have Dalton Schultz. He's, he's going to produce this year. So, that's why it's tier lower. It's just he's not locked in like Hawkinson. And, or Njoku, and he's not as, as young as Hawkinson. So, that's why he's a bit lower. But... The production will come this year. And Trey McBride, another rookie, because he's he's a very good prospect. He was the tight end one coming in this class. And basically, these guys are interchangeable. I just picked Dulcich because he's been better, and I love his profile. So those two combined, like, if you wanted to flip McBride for Dulcich, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I'm not sure how good McBride will be, because that situation is quite different for him. You have Hollywood. You have D-Hop, and you have Rondale. So it's going to be very difficult for McBride to be, like, high-quality asset, right? Dulcich has a much easier path. And I know the offense is not as good in Denver, but, like, that's going to work in his favor. Russ just has to not be god-awful, and Dulcich will be good. McBride, he needs to be elite to beat out Hollywood, who's fantastic. DeAndre Hopkins, who's proven, like, hey, I'm still that dude. And Rondale Moore, who's, like, a very good slot wide receiver, right? So you have a situation where... The tight ends really need to be top two in a team of targets to give you, you know, that production. I don't know if that's possible with McBride. I like, I mean, I liked what Ertz was doing, so we'll see if McBride can give you more of that production. I'll boost him higher. But I'm very much just hesitant on the situation, even though I like the talent. So those are kind of my top 12 targets. Waller, he's 13, but realistically, like, I don't want to pay that price for Waller. I'll just, like, move along and be done. So, but you can see with my rankings, there's really only, you know, it's just Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, and Kelsey. And, like, outside of that, and I would shift Kelsey if I was a win-now team. Like, I'll put him up there. But in just any, like, stand, like, a, in a vacuum, quote-unquote, he's not going to be up there because I don't want to be that committed to a win-now, like, right off the gates. Because sometimes it doesn't always work out. Your teams get injuries, and then you're stuck with this aging asset, right? Where Kelsey's never going to give you elite value unless someone's just so sad they can push but i don't want to depend on someone being that far above market to count on that right so that's kind of the hard thing um but realistically when you get outside of those big three just take however you do your tiers just take the cheapest and the last of that year if it's like tight end three through ten whoever your tight end ten is right if they're in the same tier just go after that guy the cheapest one send out the same offer if you have this is why i love tier ranks right you have three you're like, all right, so here's my list of my guys, right? So say you have Kelsey, Kittle, Goddard, Fryermuth, Njoku, Hawkinson, Dulcich. They're all the same tier. You're like, all right, cheapest one for Dulcich, cheapest one for Schultz. Like, you just like, here's what I'm going to offer. Cool, you don't want it? Go to the next guy on the list, right? Because why pay up for anyone if you view them the same? Because it doesn't make sense because that's Dynasty, right? So that's where that's where the tiers very much come in handy. If you don't have your ranking solidified, kind of just put groupings together and be like, do I like this guy above this guy? Do I prefer Goddard over Nujoku? You're like, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe I don't. And then you kind of get an idea to form your tiers, right? Because that will be helpful. Um, but yeah, and then if you go outside of that, it's just basically you're just cheating super dirt cheap production. You can get Gerald Everett. You can get Tyler Higby. And without Cooper Cup, Higby is going to be the best, biggest beneficiary. Like he's already like seen a ton of targets this year. He won't, he's not going to be like, oh, you're tied in 120 points per game. But no, he'll be valuable. You can get him. So there, or you can go for like Hayden Hurst, super dirt, dirt cheap production. 
and guys like that. Just to just fill in if you don't want to spend a ton of capital or, you know, send like young promising assets, just send something dirt cheap to fill in for this year. Because that can be, that could actually be a very good way to just play the tight end position in general. If you don't want to spend the elite capital on it, you're like, you know what, let's just go get the dirt cheap guys. Not worry about it. I'll punt it this year. Worry about it year down the road. And you could you could realistically just cycle through those dudes each year. Whoever the late guy is that produces next year, you know, the 2023 Zach Ertz, that guy. Then you go pay for him with a second or a third. You do it again the year before, the year after, the year after, the year after, right? Because the tight end position is just, if you don't have one of those top guys, it really doesn't matter. Which sucks about tight end because... I used to be that way with tight ends where now I'm like, you know what? I very much want the elite or like the higher end guys because worrying about tight end position sucks. If you're trying to stream it in Dicey, oh, it's a disaster. You can play, If you have a few of those cheaper guys, you can go matchups. It's not fun though because man, tight end is just brutal. So realistically, my strategy, and it's not for everybody, is just going to get one of those truly elite guys. On every every team, I want one of Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, or Mark Andrews. Now, if I have Pitts, I'm going to solidify him with somebody where I don't have to depend on that production, right? I'm just going to go target somebody super cheap. I'll be like, all right, let's go get Kigby for dirt cheap. Let's go get Hurst for dirt cheap. You know what I mean? It's just I don't want it to be so dependent on Kyle Pitts' terrible situation, especially if I'm contending, right? Because you still want to win. You don't want to have Kyle Pitts put up three points in your tight end spot. You're just like, oh, what am I doing, right? But, yeah, that's kind of just – the tight end position in general. Um, I'm curious to hear everyone else's thoughts on this because I've gone back and forth on this for a while. Um, at what point do you decide to make that move at tight end? Say, say your team is really good. What's Travis Kelsey worth to you? Your top three in points, your top three in record, right? And you're out here, you're just punting the tight end position. You got like, no offense, Isaiah Likely, you have Logan Thomas. Those are like your three tight ends, right? Are you willing to pay a first for Travis Kelsey? As a contender, yeah, I would. I'd even offer someone like Fant plus a, first, a late first if I was a contender to go get Kelsey. And in premium leagues, obviously, it's a bit harder because Travis Kelsey is a true difference maker. Like, I'm in a 1.5 tight end premium league, and I was just so tired of having just jump tight ends, right? So I was like, you know what? Let's go do this. Um, my team is first in points, and they are like third in record. It's just I've you know I've been unfortunate in this league, but we'll track it down real quick. So go to this team. I'm starting basically in a joke. He was my guy this year, but injuries have been killing. And it's 1.5 tight end premium. So I was like, you know what? You know who else we have there? We have Noah Fant. We have Cameron Bray. We have Tyler Conklin. Right. So it's just once the joke went down, I was like, right, because you don't. I'm not getting production, and I'm happy he's back, but he's still coming back from a high ankle sprain. Like that's not that's not ideal for anybody. It usually takes them a couple weeks. So I just offered um, Noah Fant and my 2023 late first for Travis Kelsey because I was like, you know what? And this team actually has a couple firsts, and we have we got Josh Allen in the offseason, so he's been <laughs> the biggest impact on my team. Like we were very much, I tanked the initial startup. I got as much capital, young players as I could. We walked. We had like Jamar Chase. We had um, Hollywood Brown. We had who else? Did we have. We had Najoku. We had like all these guys were Sean Watson. All these guys that were just dirt cheap, and we just tanked the year to get as much capital as we could. 
And then we made moves. I went and got it, Mike Evans. Um, who else did I get? I got Josh Jacobs. I got Christian McCaffrey. So I went more all in, and I still have more picks and more capital and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I also got Keenan Allen. So yeah, and I had Brees Hall, and as soon as he went down, I immediately pivoted because my team was like six and one, and I was like, you know what? I'm not wasting the chance this year. So we sent um, we sent Brees Hall for Christian McCaffrey. We sent a second along with it. So it was Christian McCaffrey and Keenan Allen. And I sent my 2023 second and Brees Hall. And the team was not contending. So I was like, give me McCaffrey. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, I also had J.K. Dobbins. So in the offseason, I was super hesitant about J.K. Dobbins. I liked him back in February. But as we got closer to the season, I was like, man, this is starting to worry me. So I pivoted. I got Josh Jacobs and a second for J.K. Dobbins. I was like, cool, good enough. Like, they're going to produce the same this year. Like, I'm not worried about it. And that trade has worked out incredible for me, right? Like, I didn't expect it to be so high for Jacobs and so bad for Dobbins, but that one worked out as well. It was good for them, right? So all these moves I made, and I picked up, like, Chuba Hubbard on cheap, Chris, um, Kenyon Drake, all these guys for dirt cheap that were just free or almost free. And a few of them have hit, right? So it's led to this situation where I'm definitely a certified contender. Like, we have Watson, we have Geno Smith, and we have J- uh, Josh Allen, the quarterback position. Uh, running backs, so I have McCaffrey, Jacobs, like – I have some really good running backs and like my wide receivers. Like it's pretty good. Um, we have Jamar Chase. He went down, but we have Keenan. We just have like a bit of like a really solid team. Like I actually like this team a lot. We have Christian Kirk, you know, so it's, it's a really good group. And I was just like, you know what? I'm so sick and tired. It's just once the Joku went down, I was like, nope, not doing it. Let's make the move. So I offered it. I'm waiting to hear back, but like that's the type of move. I'm willing to make on a contender. Like I'll I'll pay for Kelsey if it gets me a championship. Like that's what the game's all about, right? And if say if I had Kyle Pitts on this team, I'd set him for Mark Andrews. I'd be like, yeah, dude, give me Mark Andrews. If the team's not com- competing, they would happily do that, right? So it's about finding guys that fit your team build. If you're not competitive, go get Kyle Pitts. Like it's the e- he's the easiest buy of buys, right? And if you're getting an elite asset like Mark Andrews. I'm not going to flip him for Travis Kelsey on one of my home league teams. The guy was like, here, I'll give you Travis Kelsey for Kyle Pitts. I was like, no, dude, I'm not trading 10 years. I'm not going to age up 10 years for the the boost in production for this year. Right? My team is very much a win now in that league. And I was like, no, I need some young pieces. I'm not doing this. My team can still win the championship even without like getting that. Right. So uh, that team is just, <laughs> they're stacked. So I'm like, and I have like Pat Friarmuth on the team. So I've just been playing Friarmuth. But it's about knowing your team build. And determining when, like, hey, is this tight end worth buying and giving me difference making production? Because sometimes it is. Or sometimes you're like, the market, if they want too much for one of those elite producers, like, you know, Andrews or Kelsey, just don't pay it. Go find another position. Because tight end's the weirdest lead to league, as far as values go, that I you ever come across. If you're in a bunch of leagues, you'll notice some leagues, guys just love the tight end position. Some, some leagues, they don't. They'll, they'll sell them for cheap or they're just not that interested. So it's about knowing your league because each micro market is different than the macro. Level. So you could run it in a trade calculator. Trade calculator, like, oh, yeah, that's a good deal. Do this trade, blah, blah, blah. You'll notice tra- trade calculators in general don't value tight ends. Even in tight end premium like formats, they're still drastically undervalued. Um, the one I've noticed that is extremely undervalued is player profile. Their like, calculator and stuff does not value tight ends at all. So it's... It's really weird. If you know what your calculator values as well, if they don't value tight ends, 
obviously that's not gonna really work out for your league market. Like if it's like, oh yeah, just a random twenty three one is worth way more than this player, right? Then Mark Andrews is like, well, is he really like? You sure about that? Well, so if it's all about knowing your values and choosing how to build your tight ends, then. but that's our weekly breakdown on tight ends and dynasty. So, anyways, thanks for stopping by, and we'll look forward to chatting with you all next week. Go get those tight ends, folks. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn.